This Power Women broadcast is brought to you by Brookdale University Medical Center. Heart disease is the number one killer of women, so love your heart and know your risk. Make your appointment today at brookdalehospital.org. Brookdale University Hospital Medical Center, the leader of healthcare in East Brooklyn. Hi, this is Vicki Schneps, and I am interviewing a power woman, Ingrid Lewis-Martin, from the Borough President of Brooklyn Eric Adams' office. Welcome. Hi, Vicki. How are you? Thanks I am spectacular. Me. Well, you know, I have a lot of respect for you, and of course, you know how I fell in love with you when I met you, and we've developed our friendship over the years. And I, I'm so interested in you as a person and how you came to be the woman of the man that's running our borough of Brooklyn. <laughs> Tell well, me a little bit about your growing up days. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Crown Heights. I was born in Bedford-Stuyvesant um, in the old St. John's, I believe it is, hospital, which is now Interface. Yes. And I lived on Macon Street between Marcy and Verona until I was around, um, I believe, five and then I moved into Crown Heights. And your parents? I mean, what influence do you think your parents had on your life? My parents were wonderful people, both my mom and my dad. I'm very blessed to have had them as parents, really great parents. My mother was born here in New York, but she was raised in Barbados. And my father is from Barbados. And most of my family, they're Barbadian and Panamanian. Uh, my siblings are all born in Barbados. I'm the only child that my parents had who was born in New York City in Brooklyn. I'm a Brooklynite. Okay, so me too. I was born in Brooklyn. Born mm-hmm. and bred, I say, the best people in the world. Yes, and that's what the borough president says. There are two kinds of people, those who live in Brooklyn and those who want to live in Brooklyn. So I say those who are born in Brooklyn and those who want, to, want would have wanted to be born in Brooklyn. <laughs> right. It's now so sexy. Have been born in Brooklyn. I guess Absolutely. So what was mm-hmm. it like growing up uh, in Crown Heights when you were a little girl? Can you kind of describe your neighborhood and the people that you grew up with? Great neighborhood. Great neighborhood. We still have the family home there, so it's a good thing. Um, the... Neighbors were more like surrogate parents where everyone looked out for each other's children. We grew up as um, a united family, so to speak. Respect to our elders, respect to each other as children, respect for oneself. You just had to be respectful. That was the main key, having respect, you know, self-respect. And it was big, big in our household and big in our neighborhood. If we were seen doing something that was considered unsavory or something that um, a child shouldn't do, any adult could speak to you and tell you that's inappropriate and we expect better of you. They set standards and we had to listen respectfully and we had to be obedient. Interesting. It was almost like you grew up in a village, even though it was the heart of uh, Brooklyn. But you know what's so unique on Macon Street, and I moved away from Macon when I was about five. I'm almost sure I must have been five. It was the same thing. We had a lady there named Miss Joseph Garresser who would look out of her window, and all of the kids had to be obedient to Miss Joseph, or she would call you upstairs and actually spank you. Oh, wow. I never got a spanking. My brother did, but I never <laughs> did. I was terrified. Sorry, I was terrified of Miss Joseph. That could be a good thing. It was an excellent thing. So did you go to school in your neighborhood, or how did you I evolve? I actually did. I went to PS93, pre-K, and I believe first grade, and then I went to PS161, the Crown School, which was a stellar school, graduated with honors. I went on to the 
middle school called Klein Heights Middle School, which later became Jackie Robinson, and oh. I was in the Gifted and Talented program there. By choice, I went to John Jay High School, turned down Brooklyn Tech, went to John Jay. <laughs> Long story. That had to be um, a hard, because that was not an easy school to navigate. No, not in, in those days. It was a really good school, actually. Okay. Really smart kids, bright kids. Um, a number of us got accepted to Ivy League colleges. I was one. Again, didn't go to Ivy League, went to John Jay. But um, we did well. We were smart kids. We were bright kids. Maybe we didn't make the best academic choices at the time. But when you're halfway intelligent and you can read and write, you do well in life. So that's what's important. And educated because you did graduate college. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what, what made you choose that school? Was there something about the curriculum that interested you? Actually, I chose that school by default. I planned on being an attorney and I was going to go to an Ivy League college. I was all set. But I did an internship my last year of high school with an attorney, and I kept telling my parents, and I told my educators, he's not good. I don't like him. I don't like the law. He was doing a lot of things that I felt were not right, and they told me, oh, no, that's the law. He has to work with criminals. Two weeks after my internship, he was arrested. Oh, my goodness. On Eyewitness News, and I sort of lost focus. I didn't know what to do with myself after that. And I lost interest in going to law school, and I just didn't know what to do. So, so what? But was I knew the I had to go step? to college. My okay. parents insisted. I knew I had to. Hmm, excuse me. Yeah. No. Go ahead. I was saying, what was the next step then? Well, I knew that I had to go to college. Yes. I had no choice. I actually, literally, begged my way into Old Westbury, and I say begged my way because they did not want to accept me. They said, "Miss, you will be one of our um, highest-rated students. You can have your pick of the gamut. Why would you want to come here?" And I said, because I have to go to college, and I want to go away, but I don't want to go far away. I want to be able to get home whenever I want to get home. And Old Westbury was in Long Island. It was convenient. I knew that they would accept me, hands down, no questions asked. They did. I went there for a year, transferred out, 4.0, and went to John Jay because I decided I didn't like it there at Old Westbury. And I went to John Jay. And what did you study there? Criminal justice. So what was the step out of college? Where was your next, what was your first job? My first job job? I worked at the college. Oh, okay. (laughs) I worked at the college. I had a full-time job at the college for the student government, but I was a real live CUNY employee. I love it. And I was the administrative assistant to the student government. And I also was the president of several clubs while I was in college. When I graduated from John Jay, I decided I would teach. Okay. So I took my first exam for the Board of Education to see if I could pass, and then I would go on to get additional credits that I needed in order to fulfill requirements to be a teacher, And which I did. I went to um, NYU and to City College. I... Um, while I was waiting, before I went to NYU and City College, I was waiting for my results to come back to see if I could go in as a per diem educator. And I, I received my results maybe after about six or seven months. During the interim, I volunteered. I wrote a grant. I wrote a series of grants, actually, for a non-for-profit corporation called, what's the name of it? Um, Renaissance Development Corporation. And... um I wrote a series of grants, and they were funded. The lady who was the executive director said to me, you know, you're really bright. 
why don't you go and volunteer on my friend's campaign? The lady happened to be my future mother-in-law, Thelma Martin. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I and, like um, turns. Yeah. So she asked me to go and volunteer on her friend's campaign, Major R. Owens' campaign, who was my Congress member. So I did while I was waiting to get my results back from the Department of Education. So I volunteered on his campaign for about two weeks, and then they offered me a job to actually work on the campaign. And they started to train me in how to run campaigns. And they hired me as the deputy campaign manager. Major was having a re-election, which we won. And then he offered me a job on his team, and I told him, sure, I'll work on your team, but if I get accepted by the Board of Ed, because it was the Board of Ed back then, I'm going to go and teach. And that's what I did. So I worked for Major Owens from September after he won until October, like maybe 3rd or 4th, because I started working for the Board of Ed on the 4th of October, I remember. And I started teaching in my alma mater, my junior high school that I had graduated from. Oh, how neat is that? Mm-hmm. But the whole time, you know, during my um, tenure as an educator, which was about nine years with the Board of Ed, and then I started running a program. You were there for nine years? I um, always helped elected officials, and I started to get a reputation as the lady on Montgomery Street who helps everybody. So I used to help a number of elected officials. I can name a lot of them that I actually helped to achieve their, you know, their political goal. So how did but you connect with Eric, who's now our borough president? Yeah, and you're his most, right hand chief yeah, of staff. The one that I work with the most closely and um for the longest has been Eric Adams, borough president Eric Adams. He and my husband were in the police academy together in nineteen eighty four. Uh-huh. So Eric and I and my husband we had a friendship. And at one point Eric wanted to run against Major and he had called my husband, and he called me, and he said, you know, I want you all to support me. And I was like, mm, Eric, we can't do that because Major is my mentor, and you're not going to beat him anyway. So he tried to run against them, but he was knocked off the ballot, so he never did actually run against Major, which was a good thing. Um, many years later, he decided that he would throw his hat into the political arena to run for the seat of New York State Senate, 20th District. And he asked me if I would run his campaign. It's a long story how we got to that point. We would be on the phone for about a half an hour. Well, we only have a few more minutes, but I really wanted to hear about the impact on your life working in the – that's a hot seat, being in the borough president's office and running that office. Well, it's a very interesting office. This office has um, been tremendous in my assessment for the borough of Brooklyn. Eric, as a borough president, has taken the seat to a completely different level. We've always had excellent borough presidents. I've always had respect for our former borough presidents, Marty Markowitz, as well as Howard Golden. They were tremendous. And each one, you know, had their own perspective and way of doing business. Howard Golden was awesome. Marty took it to another level, which was, you know, dynamic. And Eric is just taking it to an even greater level. And can we really? think can we think one day that he might take it to the level of running for mayor? Absolutely. He's really community driven. He cares about the needs of the people who elected him. Even people who didn't vote for him, he doesn't care. He wants to make sure that people in Brooklyn get their fair share on all levels from all levels of government. So working, you know, with Eric as his number one in the office, as the highest administrator within his office and his 
his right hand, I guess, so to speak. I think also his, you know, not his conscience, but I think his way of being able to bounce ideas and people. You've got a great instinct about people, I think. Yeah, he really does. I, Eric, um, you know, he was born in Brooklyn. He was raised in Queens, and then he came back home, back to Brooklyn. And he has just been in the field, always, out in the trenches. He started out as a police officer, moved up through the ranks of captain, and then he became the senator. And throughout his life, he's always been around people, and he had a good sense of what people needed, and he's always been someone who was an advocate for people when he was a cop. He formed in partnership with others an organization called 100 Blacks and Law Enforcement Who Care, which was an organization that talked about misconduct within the rank and file of the police department, but in a real way, not in a way to bastardize the police department, because we know that there are much more good cops than there are bad ones, but in a way which talked about stuff that was unfair that could be, you know, changed so that it could become fair, that it could be more helpful to people. But I think, you know, I think, Ingrid, I just want to be able to wrap this up because our time is almost up, but I do want to say that as a power woman, looking forward, that you may be helping to make Eric the mayor of this great city. That's the plan. All right. Well, (laughs) I love that idea, and I just support, you know, you so much in what you do and how you do it. And what you. you bring to this wonderful borough of Brooklyn and to our city, really. So I look forward to many happy days sharing great events and to be looking forward to something exciting in terms of being there when he makes his... And I thank you, Vicki, for the opportunity. And, you know, we look forward to working with you. Continue Uh, to work with you, I should say, because we have a long legacy. We go back from the Senate. Yes. We believed in Eric when no one else did, and we will never forget that. Oh, well, I love you, and have a beautiful evening, and enjoy your trip, which looks like it has a very high trajectory. All the best to you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.